Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. This week, I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, I'm a little nervous about this, but I am actually going to, it feels a little more vulnerable. Uh, The topic that I've chosen to talk about is domestic violence, uh, but when it's an emotionally abusive relationship. And I'll explain why. This feels more vulnerable to me as we go along, but I hope you'll stick with me and I hope this will resonate with some of you. So perfectionism sneaks into my work and my life in ways that I don't always recognize. For me, imposter syndrome often goes hand in hand with my desire for perfection. So while I'm striving to be the best therapist or best podcaster interviewer, there's also this sneaking suspicion that I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I, I'm an imposter. I've interviewed some well-known people in their fields, and it always makes me a little more anxious than interviewing someone I know a little bit better or someone who I feel is sort of on par with me professionally. I want to be the perfect interviewer. I want to ask all the right questions. I want to impress. For my last episode, my guest was Rachel Louise Snyder, who is an internationally recognized journalist. We talked about her book, No Visible Bruises, and Domestic Violence Homicide. There was a part of me that felt like a fraud, because I'd been in a verbally, emotionally, and psychologically abusive relationship while I was in college, and I rarely talk about it. I didn't share my experience in the interview, and part of me felt fraudulent for not sharing that personal side of my story. There was also a part of me that felt because I had been in an abusive relationship, I didn't really have the right to be interviewing an author about domestic violence. And as I say that out loud, I recognize how crazy that is because it does give me an added insight into the dynamic and what it's like for the victim and the survivor. We as a culture rarely talk about abuse in ways that help women and men feel empowered to share their stories. And although the Me Too movement has opened up the conversation and brought many people forward with their stories, there's still a ton of shaming that goes on around abusive relationships. I've struggled with telling my story publicly because that part of me that wants to shame me, shows up telling me I should have done things differently. I could have and should have left the relationship earlier. 
And even though it was over 30 years ago, that shaming part worries that people will see me differently if I talk about it. And I've come to realize that maybe they will. And maybe that's the whole point. Maybe it's okay to recognize that we struggle sometimes, that sometimes life is really hard. But we all have struggles. We all make choices that maybe we regret later. We all do things we wished we'd done differently when we look back. But healing from trauma and abuse means allowing all of our stories to be a part of who we are. Working with domestic violence victims and survivors has been a large part of my work experience. And being a survivor of an emotionally abusive relationship and the struggle with leaving are a huge part of what brought me into the counseling profession. Abusive relationships don't always involve physical violence. And from my work with survivors and my own personal experience, I know that verbal abuse leaves a very deep, long-lasting emotional and psychological scars. I can still get triggered easily by experiences that remind me of my abusive relationship. While reading Snyder's book, I had to take breaks and read other things and put the book down between chapters because it triggered me. And taking those breaks helped me take care of myself. In abusive relationships, where there's no physical violence, abusers use emotional, psychological, and verbal abuse to control and manipulate their partners. They often leave the victims believing that no one else could ever love them or love them as much as the abusers do. They isolate their partners through intimidation, criticism, emotional withdrawal, and blaming or shaming them into believing that family, friends, and others are the enemy or are the reasons that they fight or that those people make their partner behave in ways that cause conflict within the relationship. When I was in it, deep in the emotionally abusive relationship, I was in college. I was lonely. I was really, really lonely. And I thought that the attention, the intensity of his need to have me to himself was true love. He was jealous because he loved me. He isolated me from family and friends because he wanted me all to himself. He hurt me with the terrible things he said because he wanted me to be the best person in our relationship. He gave me the silent treatment for days because I'd made him angry. When he demeaned or embarrassed me in front of others, I told myself he didn't mean it or I blamed myself for doing or saying the wrong things and that's what made him hurt me. When you're vulnerable, lonely, and insecure, and you have a trauma history, it's hard not to believe you're at fault. And the abuse happens slowly. The control, the verbal abuse, the manipulation, they don't happen overnight. The abusers are like a slow drip, doling out a little more punishment each time. And before you know it, you've been sucked in and you don't want to leave. 
There were times when I'd fight back and deny any accusations of infidelity or try to advocate for maintaining connections with others. And I'd leave. I'd break up. I'd swear I wasn't going to go back. But I can see now that I yearned for love. I wanted desperately to be needed. I needed to belong to someone. And he made me believe he was all of those things for me. And yet, I also felt so worthless and easily discarded. Rereading my old journals, I can see how his emotional approach and withdrawal left me unbalanced and feeling constantly guilty, angry, depressed, and lonely. It was an emotional roller coaster designed to keep me off balance. Today, the shame can still creep in. There's a part of me that says, people will see you differently if you share this, or no one will respect you professionally if you're open about this relationship because they know you stayed in that unhealthy, abusive relationship. But I recognize now that the abusive relationship was just a small part of my story. There's so much more to my story now, and I can be that imperfect mess. There are days when parts of me don't feel great about my journey, but I've grown and healed, and I work hard to accept myself as I am, imperfections and all. Some of the practices that have helped me to heal and to accept all of my imperfect parts are my mindfulness practice, meditation, going to therapy myself so that I can be the best therapist I can be, as well as a gratitude and self-compassion practice. They have all helped heal these old wounds and help me really look at the shame in a different way so I can feel it, but I can also recognize and feel compassionate toward those wounded parts that want to show up, that want to protect me, that want to stop me from hurting again. I might never have become a therapist, a good mother, a loved wife, a trustworthy friend, if it weren't for all of my life experiences, every single one. So I am grateful, and I know that all of my life stories contribute to the person I am today. And for me to continue to grow takes compassion, acceptance, and love for me. Healing happens when we bring the darkness into the light, when we shine that light into the places that were hurt, and we offer ourselves the love, compassion, and caring that we didn't get when we needed it most. And with that, we can heal those old wounds. I hope that by sharing my story, you know that you're not alone. No matter your experience, know that there are others who've been there, who are there now, 
who have moved on and grown. Life is a progression, a journey. Sometimes it's messy and difficult, and sometimes it's messy and fun. Take it all in and know that your life is your story to tell. I have learned over the years that keeping secrets, keeping things bottled up, pushing down feelings, numbing through food or substances or streaming or social media only keeps those old wounds locked away keeps us hiding, keeps us ashamed of what what's happened. And so I hope that by shedding some light, opening some doors, by sharing some of my experience, that you can recognize that things can change and that we are all human. None of us are perfect. But by offering ourselves some ca- compassion around the places where we've struggled, by opening the doors, by shedding some light, by allowing the sunlight in, we can heal those parts of ourselves that we've left behind. Well, thank you once again for joining me here on the Woman Warriors podcast. If you have topics that you would like to have me discuss here, please reach out through womanwarriors.com and fill out the contact me email there. If you'd like to keep up to date on the podcast, you can also sign up for updates there that will keep you informed on my blog and what's happening on the podcast. Love and light and laughter are all there for us, along with the pain and sorrow. We got to feel it all. We got to be in touch with it all. And I hope that you have a feeling-filled week, a mindful week, a compassionate week. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.